everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, Dr. Scott here with the Education Game, and uh, I've got the uh, Mighty Matt uh, sitting beside me today. Actually, he's not sitting beside me. Uh, I'm in Vermont. He's in Texas. Virtually. I'm beside you. Yeah, I'm chilly. He's warm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so happy to, uh, 2021, Matt. Yeah, man. Yeah. Didn't think we'd make it, but it's good to be here. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any resolutions? You know, we don't do resolutions, but we do uh, a lot of planning. So we have, um, yeah, we've got a bunch of plans. You may have seen some of these, Scott. Like, uh, maybe, did I show you these? Um, I guess probably not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So plans, essentially what, you know, goals for this upcoming year, um, real action steps associated with it. Um, I've got 20 books that I'm going to read this year. I hit my goal of 20 books last year, um, you know, exercise goals, faith-related goals, relationship goals, a whole process to it. So so in, in your family, uh, goals mean resolutions. Yeah, yeah. Resolutions, yeah. they don't can't have the same weight. So we actually have goals and then action items and then like short-term, medium-term, long-term check-ins. Uh, on a periodic basis, so yeah, this is this is legit stuff. We're after we're getting after it, Scott. So, so actually, you're using the smarter and stronger learning equation: define, plan, oh, yeah. execute, evaluate. Absolutely, that's exactly what we're doing. How great is that? Yep, yep. And they, yeah, my kids are doing it. This is this is all this is all integrated. This is not something we just preach. Uh, yeah. we do this uh, as a matter of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my resolution, my goal, uh, I, I carried over a goal, and yeah. that is uh, to uh, work on accepting feedback uh, better. <laughs> I noticed uh, once I left uh, large work organizations, yeah, uh, you know, because there aren't a lot of large groups running around providing feedback to each other here in Vermont. Um, <laughs> Except your wife. Be a joke. Except your wife. Oh yeah, no, I I <laughs> I, I I get feedback from my wife. I've, that, that's happened for uh, thirty five years, um, but I, I've noticed that I've gotten out of practice hmm. of accepting feedback. Interesting. So I'm trying to self talk myself uh, into what are the good behaviors associated with taking feedback and either using it or not using it. Yeah, that's good. You know, because the, the, the fact of the matter with feedback is, you know, uh, once you accept it, then you own it. You can either use it yeah. or you don't have to use yeah. it. Yeah. But for me, I kind of got out of the practice of accepting feedback. So that's, that's kind of my big carryover from 2020 because yeah. I, I think I can still do better at that. Excellent. But Excellent. anyway, that, that's uh, that's not what uh, this podcast is on. You know what this podcast is on? I do. Anytime, anywhere, learning. Yeah. What does that What does that mean to you, Matt? You oh. know, because we talk to a lot of parents. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I throw out this anytime, anywhere, learning, yeah, it kind of freaks them out. Right. They look at you it's like, of... like what? What are you talking <laughs> what, about? Yeah. What language are you? Are you exactly? Uh, exactly. It's one of those. I don't know whether it's a buzzword. I, I know it's not a buzzword in traditional school. 
but uh, it might be a buzzword in the learner-centered, uh, you know, group that yeah. we kind of hang around, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but but what what does it what does it mean to you, man? Yeah, I think I think why it's it's uh, it's a weird kind of statement is because most people think of anytime anywhere school as opposed to anytime anywhere learning. So for me, anytime anywhere learning is essentially that at all times, anywhere I go, there's an opportunity for me to be learning something specific, something valuable, something that I'm going to use, um, you know, to help improve myself or to help improve this broken world. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's exactly kind of what we were talking about in terms of the goals for this year, right? Right. I'm going to learn a bunch of stuff and it has nothing to do with school. I'm going to be reading in the evenings and on weekends. We're going to go hopefully take some trips. It's all that. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think that, uh, uh, anytime, anywhere learning helps us and parents answer one of our big questions when it comes to developing smarter and stronger young learners. Hmm. And that big question of course, is what do we want them to learn? Yeah. But like anytime, anywhere adds like, I think two like really important sub questions, if you will. And those sub questions are when can I learn this and where can I learn this? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think one of the, the issues, let, let, let's just kind of take on that first question. Uh, when can I learn this? Mm-hmm. So you know this, um, traditional schools still seem to think that learning should occur between eight and three daily between the months of August and May, right? <laughs> That's right. That's crazy. And many parents think that too, by the way, and many kids. Yeah. Think- yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny to me that like in traditional space, you know, learning work that doesn't happen during those time frames. Uh, schools have assigned different terms to that work. So it can't be schoolwork because it's not in school. So they assign uh, terms like homework. Right. Right. Uh, or, you know, if you have to go to school uh, June, July, August or June, July, it's summer school. Right. Uh, if you go to school um, before eight o'clock or after three o'clock, it's called early start or after school. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's a school centered language. Yeah. yeah, it's like like to me, what anytime anywhere learning allows you to do, I think this is the second important point, is you know, learning work is learning work, no matter where you do it, when you do it. Right. Um yeah, so so let's 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 talk a bit about um, what learning might look like for kids anytime, anywhere. Now, you you have some experience with this, right? With your mm. kids, yes, we do. We do. We yeah. do a lot of experience here. 
So can you can you share some can you share some stories? Yeah, happy to. So in fact, the blog post for for this week is going to be talking about this. Um, so anytime, anywhere learning, as you said, Scott, it starts with this question of what do I want to learn? What do, what does my child want to learn ideally, right? Um, and so we do something uh, again, be described in the um, in the um, blog, but we do something called dream maps. And so a dream, dream map, maps. Yep, dream maps. So the the idea fascinating. Yeah. Say again. I said fascinating. Fascinating yeah, yeah. Well, term. Well, Scott, you know, nothing that I share comes from my brain. I just (laughs) (laughs) I steal it. You steal from the best. I do. That's the highest form of flattery, isn't it? (laughs) So absolutely. I stole this idea. No, I I mean, it was was offered in a book called um, High School Without I'm sorry, College Without High School. And in that book, it talks about how a person can learn all kinds of things outside of a traditional school, particularly in the ages between like, you know, eighth grade and and high school or, and, you know, graduation. Anyway, so, so one of the strategies is it starts with this idea of a dream map where the parent and the child brainstorm um, things that they want to do, become, and learn about in the upcoming year. And that brainstorm then creates these sub sub strategies of how we're going to learn it, where we're going to learn it, when are we going to learn it? And that part is actually really funny to watch because oftentimes if you have a child who is really grown up in the educational, I'm sorry, in the school world, when you ask the question, how can you learn this? Or when can you learn it? Or where do you learn it? The answer is almost always school, right? Um, you know, again, I have, you know, one of the examples I'm, I'm giving is, uh, a child that may want to uh, become, or, but want to become a an, an artist, right? And if you ask that kid, oftentimes, well, how would you become an artist? They would say, well, I get art books, and I go to art class, um, and I take the art course at school. And being a go, when you brainstorm really well on this, you start you start to ask a bunch of different questions, right? Like, well, why couldn't you spend a day with an artist, a professional artist? Why couldn't you? go to because art now is like everywhere like marketing like that's all art visual art um why couldn't you spend an afternoon at a marketing firm watching how they do their work right why couldn't you build a marketing strategy for or a a, a artwork for a small business in your community why couldn't you go and talk to that business one of the examples i give is why couldn't you go to the a restaurant in your in your community and ask them if you could draw pictures of their best recipes and maybe make your own menu for that for that restaurant, right? Or maybe make a art project that that advertises, right? This is all these are all like complete brainstorm ideas that I did in 5 minutes, but these are yeah. completely different ways of learning. Isn't it funny what you, what what you just said there um, when you first asked that question? Uh, the response from your kids was like totally school dependent. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, I'm going to take a class. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn from a, from an art teacher. And only after you started to ask 
you know, what we what we call in the in the education trade extension questions. Hmm. Uh, were you able to get your kids, your learners yeah. to think outside the box, yeah. out, at least outside the school box? That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really funny. To, I mean, if you think about it, it just shows how powerful the paradigm of school actually is in, in our in our consciousness. Right. Right. When we think of learning, we think of schools. And that is uh, that is such an old model. Uh, given that learning now can happen anytime, anywhere through computers, um, as we have learned through COVID, you don't need to go to a building anymore to learn. In fact, you, your world is your learning, uh, your learning space, your classroom, so to speak. Uh, but it is interesting, though, to see how hard it is sometimes for kids and adults to break out of that mold. Yeah. I got, I got so, so this this podcast is especially designed to help parents kind of work through this anytime, anywhere learning. So what I'd like you to do, Matt, is think about uh, one of your uh, dream uh, stories. And if you could, just take a parent through from beginning to, I don't even know what, whether any of these have ended, right? Yeah, no, they, they're, they're, they're still... They're yeah. still going on, right? Right. And what we'll do, Scott, we'll also put, I put a, um, a tutorial together on, on video and we'll, uh, nice. we'll add that to the, um, uh, to our web or to the blog, I guess, as, as a link. But nice. yeah, so let me walk through that. So, um, you know, it starts with the dream map. Again, the idea about the dream map is you're asking your child now to start, start to take ownership of their learning rather than to wait for someone else to tell them, here's what we're going to learn about today in this course, or we're going to read about what this author wants you to learn about. So it's, that's really one of the key points about this dream map. So you sit down, hang out in the you know, living room, or go on a walk in the park and with a notepad, and you're going to ask the question, um, uh, what would you do, son or daughter, if you knew that you could not fail. What? What? Tell me. Tell me the things that you would pursue if you knew you could not fail. Because that's a great. Question. That's a great dream question, isn't it? Right. It's great. Take question. the fear of failure off the table. But let's pause for a second, Scott. Let's rem let's yeah. remember why failure is such a common feeling for our young learners. It's because in a school environment, if they take a risk on something. <laughs> Uh, if they want to learn about something that the teacher doesn't want to learn about, um, even if they love the learning, they're risking, you know, being called a failure, right? So in a school environment, a child's job is to conform to whatever the structure is that has been given to them, right? What, what this process is trying to do is to turn that on its head. Child, what do you want to learn about? And let's now, let's eliminate fear and just start to imagine, Right. And the more ideas, the better on this, because the idea of a dream map is that it is it a never ending process. It begins in this conversation between the parent and child. But over time, the child will begin to dream. And just like I did this past, you know, uh, you know, in, end of year and really looking into 2021, I am going here are the dreams I have for 2021. I'm going to now build the structure because I know how to build the structure. Right. So we're now teaching the child how to do the same. 
Are we grading this, man? <laughs> That's right. If they don't do it well <laughs> by a certain time, they fail, right? Yes. No, now, you know, you know I'm kidding about that question. But what I'd like you to speak to is this whole dynamic between uh, learner growth and learner grading, right? It sounds to me like what you're describing is growing things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not, you're like, as as the leader of this learning, you're not even worried about grading. No. Right now. No. In right? fact, you're just trying to, like, if you're a gardener, this is all about tilling the soil, fertilizing. That's right. You know, getting in there and helping plants grow. That's right. Making the conditions for success likely. Exactly. By, by yeah. the way, Scott, we need to add, <clears throat> in as we're doing these kind of weekly focuses, we need to add grades into it somewhere. I don't know where that oh, is. Oh, let's do it. Well, we absolutely yeah. need to do that because there's so many times yeah. that kids get tripped up, parents get tripped up on these issues sure. of grades. So, uh, sure. yes, there's no grading involved here because, again, if the child is individually motivated, then why does someone else need to come in and, and grade them, right? The child wants to become let – me, well, let me give you an example. So you asked for a specific example, Scott. So let me start with um, – I've got a daughter who um, – um, actually, two of my daughters and my wife all mentioned that they wanted to have something this year. They wanted to do something related to singing or dancing, right? So my daughter said they wanted to um, – they wanted to, you know, be on Broadway. They saw Hamilton this past year. And they, I mean, we just, you know, they, they're still singing the songs to, to this day. So they wanted to, that's their, that's one of their dreams, right? Um, my, my wife is a beautiful singer and she said, well, maybe I'd like to sing, you know, uh, uh, you know, at church or someplace like that. So now we have overlap between my daughters and my wife. So now we have some interesting opportunities to work together which is a whole nother conversation we could have about the relational aspects of having these conversations yes. with parents over yes. the show. Everyone learning. Everyone. Yes. Everyone right. learning, right. Everyone yeah. being a, a willing to risk. Yeah. Um, and then us maybe learning collaboratively. Right. Yeah. Um, so for the folks who, my daughters who wanted to, you know, become uh, Broadway uh, musicians or singers and dancers this year, we yeah. said, all right, let's start to fill that out. How and what is it? When do you have to learn that? Or how would you learn how to do that? How do you create the structures? Um, and we began to flush out the details of that. And so some examples of it are, um, I've got uh, one daughter who's going to learn a dance by watching YouTube videos. There's a whole network of dances on YouTube that are just to be taught, right? They're, you know, anyone can learn them. And so my daughters are going to learn uh, a dance, I think it was a dance a month, and then perform it with video, and then put it onto their YouTube channel, and then uh, and then push it out to let folks know nice. about it. Right? Nice. Um, well, you know, you know, Matt, uh, I find this fascinating uh, this story, but you know, one of the things I'm thinking about is okay, how about if they don't make it to Broadway? Right? <laughs> yeah. No, cares? no, no big deal. Right? right. You know, just think about the joy that this pursuit is going to give them, even if they end up in community theater. Right. Even if they 
like yeah. end Sing. up in in some yeah right they can dance at their church because that's probably where that's probably the high water mark for this upcoming yeah. year right yeah nice but nice. again what we're doing is we're getting a child to learn how to inspire themselves right you don't you, yeah when, when you ask that question of a child it gives them the chance to search their heart for what really yeah. is inside of them that they want to bring forth but have never been able to do so yeah have they hit any plateaus yet? Have they uh, hit any roadblocks? And I think parents would be interested in hearing, you know, how are you, how is your wife, well, for that matter, how are your other kids supporting the person that might be plateaued or roadblocked? Yeah, great, great question. So for the parents that move in this direction. I can't really speak to what's happening this year because we just started it a week ago. Sure. But I can definitely speak to what happened last year. And so last year, we had a lot of times when the child was going to do something and then it they faltered, uh, they plateaued in terms of their motivation, or they kind of lost track of it, right? So they, they said they agreed they're going to do, like I mentioned, um, last year, one of my daughters is going to Put together a monologue, learn a monologue, you know, record it, and then put it on YouTube once a week. Now that's kind of a high, it's kind of a challenging, um, um, you know, standard. And she stopped meeting it at a certain point. And so what we did was that was the time to begin to do an evaluation. Okay, so let's yes. go back. So you set once a week. Um, what does it take to to do this once a week? It took her memorizing a poem took her setting it up on, you know, for the video and then actually recording it and then downloading in YouTube. It was actually quite a few steps. She got tired. And so the conversation yeah. was, okay, so when we set up goals, there is a con there's a expectation that at some point our motivation will actually fade. So what could we have done differently next time? Uh, if we had gone back in time and done it again, what would we have done? And so some of the things that came up was instead of having one per week, let's look at one every other week. Right. So let's slow the burden down so it doesn't require such intense effort uh, for me to do it. Because the other thing that she learned is as she now began to get better at it, it took less and less and less time. So so again, so if we were if we were to go back in time, she would have said one every other week or maybe one every third week. Yeah. And as she got better at it, maybe she would drop it to one every other week and then eventually maybe one every week as she got yeah. better at doing that, right? She burned yeah. out. Which is totally okay. Perfectly you okay. You know, I've, I've kind of become not a great cook, but I like to cook now. And uh, uh, I follow Sam Sifton. Hmm. Uh, he's a New York Times food editor. Okay. And one of the things Sam taught me is Scott... Like he literally said, Scott. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> You're that close. You're that close. Exactly. Yeah. He just called me up one day. Yeah. Said, Scott, no. I, I read this, but this is what he said. Don't be so concerned about sticking to the recipe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah, so that's uh, an aha moment for me in cooking. But I started to think about that as a learner. Parents, don't be so concerned about the recipe. Mm. 
Let the learner make some things up. Yep. Let the learner try, right? Try and adjust. We talk about this all the time, right, Matt? Oh, yes, we Practice, do. adjust. Yep. Practice, adjust. Practice, adjust. Evaluate. Practice, yep. adjust. Yep. Practice, adjust, right? So and 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 let's so let's just go back to this these places called school. I don't think schools allow uh, as much latitude as what is needed for trying. No, no. There's a schedule that must be kept, and, right? And once once that chapter or that section is covered, you know, and you didn't master it, we're moving on. And even if you want to continue it. You don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and finish the story because I, I, I kind of interrupted. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so so where where are they with their dream stories right now? Yeah. So this year they have they've created new dream stories and they're in the process of implementing. Now the key thing that I will share with every parent, this is this is the most important learning that I had as we've been doing this last now probably year and a half, two years, um, is that the most essential role that a parent can play is in these check-ins. And so what a check-in really looks like is the parent reminding the child of what their dream was, asking how the child is progressing towards it, asking if the child needs help in creating more structure to achieve it. Because again, for, for my kids, I realized this, they did not know how to do this work. It's really, it's hard. This is adult level stuff. They didn't know how to do it. So when they were having struggle, they started to get discouraged, to your point, Scott. Like, I didn't do a recording last week. That's okay. Let's talk about why. Well, I just got tired. I'm tired. I'm just, I don't, that's okay. So let's now think about what we could have done in the past to have changed that. And let's not over, let's not get guilt to feel guilty about it. Um, What do you want to do now? Do you want to continue? Do you want to do it every third week? You want to do it once a month? Do you want to just ignore it and, and find something else to do? Right. Because, again, what the, the whole point about this is not that the child achieves their dream of going to Broadway, to your point earlier, Scott. The point is that the child learns how to learn. They learn how to manage their own learning. Once a child knows how to do that, you can step away and let them roll. Right. That's the okay, aim. Let, let me just stop you right there, because parents pay attention to Matt here. He's talked about two very important aspects of anytime, anywhere learning. Uh, Through this check-in, the importance of in the business, what we call cognitive coaching, Mm. right? And that is, uh, we aren't going to tell the learner what they need to come up with as an outcome. We're going to ask them really good questions that allow their brains to lead them to the outcomes, right. Right? right? right. And the second thing is, it's okay to try and move on. Yep. Right? There is no harm in that, right? Parents, think about your normal day, right? My, my, my wife is starting to learn how to knit. Hmm. This is like a, a New Year's activity for her. Yeah. Yeah, And she's really getting engaged with it. Uh, now, if someday uh, she, I look at her and she's not knitting, she's doing something else, uh, am I going to say, 
why aren't you knitting? Of course not. Because, you know, possibly she'll come back to it. She yeah. needs a little break, right? Yeah. Or she's moved on to other things. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that actually brings up another interesting thing, Scott. So um, for several years, we tried to push our son to play the piano, right? Like a lot of families do, right? Oh, you're yeah. Tell to- this story. This story is great. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're going to you're going to learn. You know, <laughs> you're going to practice right. 30 minutes every day exactly. from 530 to 6 Create a o'clock. chart. Check a Let's box. Build it in the schedule. That's right. Check the box when you've, when you've completed your 30 minutes of check-in. So this is the opposite of the um, uh, the tiger mom strategy, right? Yeah. We did introduce it to him. Uh, we do have a piano in, the, in our home. So that's, you know, a lot of families don't have access to that sort of thing. But when school went virtual back in March, in April or May, he started just dinking around on the piano just a little bit. And then it turned into a little bit more. And I tell there you, you what, Scott, he is playing now two hours a day. Did you <laughs> two hours a day? Now, the question you got to ask is several That's times. Awesome. Oh, I did ask him this. I said, so, so son, would, what do you think? Would you be playing like this if you were in school? And he smiled and said, no. And Not so that's, that's the first piece, right? You, you create space for the child to now to, to find things that they actually really enjoy. The second takeaway is how much cost, how much relational damage would I have had to do to get him to practice two hours a day? Yeah. I mean, I would have had to sit on this kid, right? And then yeah. guess what? He, once I stopped sitting on him, he would never play it again in his life. Yeah. Which is what we tend to do with all learning. We force the child to learn stuff that they don't care about, and then we're surprised when they disengage. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's been that's, really that's cool. a fantastic story. Okay, so we're kind of up on time. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit on three uh, big points for parents around anytime, anywhere learning uh, as we uh, head out of this uh, out of this uh, podcast. Okay. So the first. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the week. Um, anytime, anywhere learning provides the learner access to what we call primary sources. Mm-hmm. You, you remember this conversation? I do, yeah. Right? And and so primary sources are things like uh, the art, like an artist, not the art teacher, a professional, but a, a, like a professional artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your daughters is doing some work around homelessness, right? Yes. yes. So the primary source is the nonprofit director who's working on homelessness in Houston. Exactly. Right? She met with him a few weeks ago. Yep. Juxtaposed with how schools oftentimes still conduct their business. And that is the only way that you get primary sources is either through someone who's visiting your classroom or you take a field trip. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give schools a little credit. Uh, I think they're doing more outreach online, uh, especially like now. Yeah. Uh, but nothing, nothing compared to your stories around dreams uh, and the work, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the dance community 
the the homeless community, right? Yep, yep. So so this this primary source material, you know, I was thinking early in the podcast when you're talking about going and studying with a professional artist, I think one of the things that happened in this country is once we formalized school, we lost something that had prior to that to that formation, that that formalization of school. That we lost something that was really, really important in American education. You know what that was called? Apprenticeship. The apprenticeship. Right? Yep. So parents, here's a point. Anytime, anywhere learning. Go out and find professionals. They don't even have to be professionals. Right. Grandparents, uncles, aunts that know something, right? And that your kid gets all geeked up about and build it into an apprenticeship. Yes. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, right, Matt? It is. And you, Scott, you, every, so many things you're describing reminded me of things that I would love to tell our audience. I mean, as an example, one of my daughters <laughs> wants to, uh, she's really into acting. And so uh, she wants to now do um, uh, sewing and what is it called? Like, uh, you know, the clothing, the dressing, what is that called? Fashion uh, design. Yeah, but but really aimed at the costume design. Costume design, yes. Yeah. And so, guess what? For the last two months, she's been working with her her grandmother, right? To awesome. to to build or to what is it? Sew, I guess. I don't even know this area, right? But to sew dresses that could be dresses that are used in a costume. And so, not only is she now connecting with her grandmother, right? But she's also learning a skill. Say no more. Right, exactly. That's Say all, no more. That's the that's, best. That, that's that's like right. it. Right. Right. So, so there's everything so... else is icing on the cake. Amen, brother. Connecting Amen. with grandma. Amen. Yep. Awesome. Yep. It is awesome. It is. All right. Here's the second quick point. Yep. Uh, this is for for parents. Uh, anytime, anywhere, learning can allow your kids to to let their learning become what in the, in the business is called socially embedded. And I want to read this uh, to you. Please. Um, we use the term socially embedded to refer to a learning model in which one, a learning community has been intentionally created that provides everyone with a place to be known and a place to belong. And two, the social nature of learning has been consistently enabled and it is emphasized as a central part of the learning experience. Excellent. Wow. That's fantastic, right? Imagine every kid having that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's transformational. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, you know, the value that comes to a kid when they are in a learning environment that offers those two gifts, um, I don't know many places called schools that can offer those offer those gifts yeah. to like to every kid. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Here's the uh, here's the third. Okay. Um. The third point before we uh, say say goodbye today. Okay. Um, 
anytime, anywhere learning depends on an open walled perspective and direction. Hmm. So let me, let me just read this to you quick. Yep. This comes from our friends at Education Reimagined, by the way. Uh, Google Education Reimagined Lexicon, L-E-X-I-C-O-N. Uh, in fact, we might be able to we'll send a post on put, it. Yep. Yeah, send send a send a uh, link to this. Mm-hmm. But this is what they what they say about open walled. What do we mean when we say that a learning experience is open walled? Taking the term literally, we mean that the experience is not walled in. The idea is that learning is not limited to a closed box called the classroom or the school. It can happen anywhere and anytime. And learning is not limited to a traditional school day or school year. It can happen anytime. Open walled means that education is invited to take place outside the primary learning environment. And at the same time, the outside world is invited into the primary learning environment. In either direction, such learning is open walled. The walls are open. That's right. Yep. No more walls, dude. So so here's here's something for parents that have their kids in traditional space. Um, just because you send your kid to a place called school doesn't mean that you can't open walls. Right. Right. You know, you say this a lot, Matt. There's 185 days that are not school time. Exactly. What are we doing as learning leaders, as parents, to help kids open their space? That's right. That's right. Preach, preacher. I'm preaching a little bit. <laughs> well, this this has been a fantastic. Well, I always think these are fantastic. I I think the 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 you know the proof in the pudding is are we helping parents? I hope and, we are. Um, so, uh, so dream stories, parents, think about dream stories. Mm-hmm. Think about linking your kids to primary sources. That's right. Uh, the experts. These don't have to be like world experts. Yep. Uh, pretty much in every community, every neighborhood, there is an expert at something. I love the story about uh, your daughter spending time with grandma. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, my God, the social emotional. Oh, yeah. Uh, meters are just like, you know, going crazy on that. Huge. huge. Uh, think about socially embeddedness, uh, that uh, the, the, the anytime, anywhere learning can provide equity that sometimes we can't find inside of these places called school. That's right. Uh, and then uh, the, the last one is, is open walls, sort of open your walls, open your minds. That's right. Good stuff, Scott. Okay, uh, this this week is anytime, anywhere learning, and uh, be looking for a uh, I don't know what we're going to call it a newsletter. We send something out to our fans every week. Uh, it'll be coming out uh, uh, sometime this week, mm-hmm. uh, as as will this uh, podcast, I think. Right, and uh, we have committed to taking on a how to topic for parents. Uh, I think we've uh, planned out maybe eight weeks. That's right. So just stay tuned uh, with the podcast. Uh, always go to our website, 
uh, theeducationgame.com. Uh, anything I've forgotten, Matt? No, it's good stuff. Good conversation. Okay. We're going to sign off. Everyone have a great uh, 2021, and uh, we'll see you soon. 